0: Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Clagett and Jason Kong.
2: Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF. News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with you. Good evening, alongside Nicole Cleggitt representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you this evening? Soggy. Soggy. I know. I know. <laughs> well, we're gonna dry out here in a couple more days. It's okay.
0: I know. I know. But I keep looking over at my garden from my window, and I keep wondering if it's a jungle out there. So,
2: I, th- I think you're in for uh, a treat when you when you head I back hope out. So, there.
0: I want some vegetables. It's been it's been a year since <laughs> I've gotten them out of that garden. Look,
2: vegetables for you means. Possibly vegetables it, for me. It, so it
0: definitely means vegetables for I'm you. I'm
2: on board with that. Well, Nicole, let's get down to business here. We have one of our favorite guests here on the line. We're going to be talking about a topic here that we're always excited to talk about because we it's very, very important. And we're going to be talking about advanced directives. And to do that, we've brought on the North Carolina Secretary of State. Elaine Marshall is on the line. Secretary Marshall, thank you so much for joining us.
0: I'm delighted to be with you. Thank you very much. So thrilled to have you here, Madam Secretary. And, you know, uh, we thought about you because we had seen some sort of news alerts out there that there have been some temporary changes to the way that we can um, sort of create our advanced directives as we are looking at making decisions about our lives because of the COVID-19 pandemic. And I was really hoping that you might be able to shed some light on that for us.
3: I sure can. Um You know, these are the most uncertain health times and economic times and all kinds of other times that I've ever experienced. And I expect most people are in the same, same way. And we, we hear a lot about uh, death and illness uh, on uh, the TV and in our neighborhoods. And so people are really thinking more about their health, about their health care. And it is it's all these times to talk about advanced directives. And it's not something just for elderly folks. It's for everybody. Uh, Let me give a little bit of background. Uh, The Secretary of State's office is really not a healthcare providing agency. (laughs) However, uh, we are very good database managers. And uh, now more than 10 years ago, the General Assembly asked us to maintain a directory that was accessible uh, 24 seven by hospitals and medical care providers. Uh, So we became a healthcare depository. Uh Now, we are, are known for our databases and they're searchable and they're free and all that kind of stuff. But we have a separate secure server which maintains uh, the advanced healthcare directives because they're confidential. Uh, they are not reachable except by your identity number and your passcode. But all the hospitals know to be asking about these the, uh, emergency people, you know, kind of asked, do you have directives? Where are they? Uh, a lot of people, I mean, the real problem came that a lot of people had directives that were in a safe deposit box. Well, you can't reach that in the time of emergency. They leave them with their lawyer, which is a lawyer I thought was not a very good idea. I encourage people to put them somewhere else. Um, or they kept them at a safe deposit box, uh, a safety fireproof box at their house that was under lock and key. And when an emergency came, nobody knew where they were. Your, your bank is not going to be open over the weekend, just on and on and on. Yep. So Wiser Heads thought that we needed a depository where these things could be kept and, and be reachable. So we got the honor of hosting this and uh, it's now been oh, more than 10 years that we've done this. Um, and you know, the, these, these documents are gonna be needed at a time when you're under the care of a doctor, not your family physician, but some specialist at a hospital Uh, and um, a doctor you've never heard of before, your family's never had any interaction with. And so having a set of instructions, if you can't actually verbalize what you want is absolutely crucial. Mm -hmm. Uh, The General Assembly uh, has developed the forms for these. It's not something that we devise, but the forms were worked out between the medical community and the legal community, and the hospitals know to
0: look for them. Uh, and, and even yes, more important yes. now, even more important now, you know, when a lot of times as as adults, uh, we, you know, we're not, when we go to the hospital right now during COVID-19, a lot of times you cannot have a loved one with you. So really important that people can get their hands on what your wishes are.
3: You're absolutely right about that. I mean, I have friends who are in the hospital or no family members, and the most distressing part for those that are in and those that are not in is the inability to advocate for that person and to be there by their side and see what's happening. So now it is more essential than ever that folks have these directives. Um, This is a pass, we'll give you a little card like a credit card when you deposit yours. And um, uh, we tell people put it on your refrigerator, give it to your bridge club. This is one pass code um, identification that you want a lot of people to have to know how to get into. Um, give it to your all your children because they're going to be neighbors whoever would be the ones that were called first uh, if there was an emergency so traditionally it required a notary as well as two witnesses well social distancing is the phrase that we all are using and we now know what it really really means and so personal appearance with a notary is uh counterindicated to um, um, social distancing. It requires face-to-face. Mm-hmm. So what the General Assembly did on a temporary basis was to waive the two witnesses so you don't have exposure to two additional people, and they modified the notary law on face-to-face personal appearance. Now for a temporary basis until August the 1st, uh, it started May 4th, to August 1st, we can have a notary who does a video conference with the person who is executing the document. Uh, There are special instructions about that. People will need to go to SOSNC.gov and look at advanced healthcare directives or look at the notary section and both of those will have information on how you are to do a notarization by video at least until August the 1st. I also can tell you that the General Assembly used August 1st first as a date that was out there. They are going to revisit this as they go through that. And there's been a lot of conversation that you know, maybe that date needs to be extended out further, depending upon when health and safety people feel it's safe that folks can get together personally uh, to be in the same room and talk Uh, together uh, to to do a notary execution so um, there's also a special part of the form if it's done uh, by a video and if people will go to sosnc.gov not only do they have the instructions about how to do the notary but the forms that we have up there we have revised them and the requirement about what a notary has to do in addition to putting their name and seal on it is there in the form. So it's it's pretty foolproof at that point um, about what needs to be recorded to show a, a, a bit of additional data about the execution of the particular document.
0: Well, congratulations so on this. It's incredibly forward-thinking, and I really like the fact that you've kind of made it foolproof as far as you know even having the specific instructions for the notaries because I I would imagine that not everybody is as informed about the changes and so people who have always notarized these forms may just go on the assumption that things always have to be the way they were so having that right on the documents I think is is a fabulous idea so I, that that's great because we want to remove barriers for folks and you know COVID-19 is here it's going to be here for a while in various forms probably until And, you know, for a little while, even after we get a vaccine. And so life is still going on for people. People are still having chronic conditions. People are still facing life-limiting illnesses. And people are still going to need to execute these documents. And so I think really making this... uh, a possible so that folks don't continually get exposed to the potential virus when they're already, you know, at risk, um, I think is is really, really smart. And it really removes a barrier that might make people nervous. I, I mean, I know even at Transitions Guiding Lights, you, from the referral perspective, people are really just nervous in general about bringing care in and people are delaying care um, for better or worse. And, you know, it's because people are just scared. So I, I think this is great that we're trying to do whatever we can yeah. on the, on the the government level to make this possible for folks
3: let let me add that there's nothing defective or invalid about the old way of doing a notary Mm -hmm. it's just that people are hesitant to do that people are refusing to do that because of the face-to-face requirement so this this gives a viable obstacle a viable option and please know that it's not this option of the uh, video notarization is not limited to these healthcare documents. It is how real estate closings and business closings uh, are going on right now all across North Carolina. We've seen an uptick in the number of interest in notary and we've had an electronic notary for a long time and now there's an interest in people becoming uh, heightened interest in becoming an electronic notary Uh, and that would be for a permanent basis but for the temporary basis we have this video option uh, that uh, folks need to know about. So uh, that should not be a barrier for anybody who's thinking about having any type of document done. We've got a workaround on the notary aspect.
2: And again, if you want to pursue that option, head over to sosnc.gov. Sosnc.gov. We're going to continue our conversation with North Carolina Secretary of State Elaine Marshall. Right after this, you're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Claggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You
2: are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. Find more about Transitions Life Care at transitionslifecare.org. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. And our guest this evening is the North Carolina Secretary of State. She is Elaine Marshall, and we're talking all about advanced directives.
0: So, you know, one question I had for you that we didn't get to right before the break was, you know, you talked about making a, quote, deposit of these documents to your database. How exactly do we go about doing that?
3: Well, here's what they do. They go to SOSNC.gov, and where it says divisions, click on that, and you'll see a big block with several items below it, and it'll say advanced healthcare directives. Click on that, and it'll have the downloads. It has forms there. One of the forms is the registration form. So you go to that registration form, you fill it out. Uh, it has your, um, um, we ask your address so that we can send the original form back to you. It costs $10 per document to deposit. And um, this is just kind of a cover sheet that goes with it. Uh, You send that along with the document and the small fee into us. We do the filing and we send back the original. We send back also those credit card size uh, pocket uh, indicators of your file number and the passcode. Um, This is like a PIN number to get into it. And those are the things that... You can photocopy. You can give to family members, so that the trusted family members, so that you know they know that it's there, and uh, a few best friends. Probably, if it, if it's a lady, it's the hairdresser who would talk to everybody. True. That, <laughs> that, that they might have, especially in small towns, they might have these these documents. Uh, I, guys, I don't know what who your your best friends would be to know that you know you have this thing. But, um, you know, it's the kind of thing that you, you need to let close associates and family members know. Uh, and if you want to change it, you can, uh, with, there's a withdrawal form up there. If you no longer want to have it or if the person you appointed for a health care power of attorney, if that's the document, becomes incapable and you want to change their name, all of that is possible. Again, SOSNC.gov and for people's information that um, every state has something like this. Your North Carolina document is likely, highly likely uh, valid in every state. Um, different states have different uh, requirements on how you fill, fill them out and the signature part of it, but in all likelihood, I can't say with an absolute certainty, but it's a very, very high probability that they will be recognized in another state um, when they're deposited with us and pursuant to the North Carolina form. And I also can say that you don't have to have a form. You can write your own. But, folks, that is highly risky because the form is exactly what the hospitals are looking for, mm-hmm. what the legal and um, healthcare care people have worked out. It is too high a risk
0: to draw up your own documents. It, it agreed really agreed um, and these and these are yeah. pretty simple forms so yeah yeah I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that one for sure so if, so if I may, Madam Secretary, if I, switching gears to scams, I know that your office deals a lot with helping people through and informing people about the various different scams that are going on. And I know that, unfortunately, uh, you know, when we all should be focusing on staying well and, and keeping each other safe from COVID-19, some predators out there are looking at COVID-19 as an opportunity to prey on the fear of individuals in our state and in our country. Could you talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you're seeing out there and and how folks can try to protect themselves
3: I sure can and people may say well people don't know what the Secretary of State does (laughs) uh, in in general uh, we're the we're the trademark people for the state and there are violators they're trademark violators so they're counterfeiters they are putting fake products out there and unfortunately fake medicines is becoming a growing problem Uh, And here we are, it's a perfect storm. Disasters are magnets for crooks to try to steal your money. People are wanting to stay home. They don't wanna go to places to shop. They don't wanna go to the drugstore or the Costco or wherever they get their their pharmaceuticals. They also may have limited income right now and are minding their, their dollars very carefully. So they're looking for a way to shop at home and get the best bargain that they can. So that's generally the Internet. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that is where the counterfeit drugs are abundant. Uh, The federal government tells us that more than 90 percent of what you see online claiming to be pharmacies, especially claiming to be Canadian pharmacies, are illegal, fake, fraudulent, whatever word you want to put on it. Um, So here's a tool and we have a grant to promote this on social media. Let me give an example. Let's say somebody is looking for blood pressure medicine, and they type in a search engine and put blood pressure, and all of a sudden, they get a bunch of pharmacy things to look up. Okay, and you start looking through those, and the pictures look nice, and it looks like people in your neighborhood, and (laughs) you're very comfortable when you start looking at it. What we want you to do is to think about verifybeforeyoubuy.org. That is a place to test out to see if it's a legitimate pharmacy. Just take the words verify before you buy, put them together, scrunch them up, verifybeforeyoubuy.org. And then when you see something that you're interested in, copy. Don't try to type it or write it as copy. Go to verify before you buy and paste that URL of that pharmacy that you're dealing with. And in a matter of seconds, it will tell you if that pharmacy is legitimate, if that pharmacy is rogue, or if they can't tell. If it's either rogue or they can't tell, I hope nobody will give them their your credit card information, uh, you know, your address, all that kind of stuff, because you're playing into the hands of people who hmm. – are interested in getting in your pocketbook not interested in your medical care. this this is terrifying
0: uh, to me because you know there are so many people that are losing their jobs and then losing their health benefits but still need those medicines and the, the thought of people just je- gosh i mean this is really so important thank you so much
3: well that that is correct we have wonderful partners in this initiative uh the north carolina uh, academy of family physicians are partners the Chamber of Commerce, the Retail Merchants, the Justice Center, the Council of Churches, on and on and on, uh, health and wellness, the SHIP program. uh, And this search engine was developed by people who make their living of electronic commerce. There is no pharmaceutical company involved in this. Let me say that again, no pharmaceutical company. Uh, The people that are behind it are folks like... uh, the, the credit card people like American Express and MasterCard and the delivery people like FedEx and uh, PayPal and all those kind of folks, Microsoft, the, the big people that make their money out of electronic commerce who want to uh, make sure that it's as safe as possible. They're the ones that put this search engine together. Uh, you know, there are lots of signs out there when people are, are looking. You know, one of the things. Some of the companies say just take a screenshot, take a photo of your prescription bottle and send it off. Well, common sense ought to tell you that that's not the way you, you know, get a prescription filled, Um, send them across line. What we have found is that some of these medicines have none of the active ingredient in it or it has contaminated or toxic materials in it because the medicines were manufactured under less than sanitary conditions. Some have too much of the active ingredient in it, and it's all across the board with uh, what you might get. Plus, you don't know if it has been stored in the right environmental con- conditions for uh, the validity of the strength of the pill just or medicine. It, there's just all kinds of problems out there. Uh, so we want people to be safe. We want people to make their money go as far as it can go, and this is a tool that we hope that they will use um there have been some cases of we found fake medicines here in north carolina a famous case was actually tried in montana because that's where the company was um, uh, located um, or came into montana they were able to get them there Uh, i personally uh, i gave a comment when it came time for the punishment and it was just sad to me that it was a civil case and the company had to pay millions and millions of dollars But it should have been pursued as a criminal case because when people are ordering cancer drugs and it has none of the ingredients that the doctor prescribed it for in it that to me is criminal and it ought to be treated that way now let me also say that if your insurance company has said you must do online through this um, um, address this company that's okay because you have been directed to that it's when you go searching and it just comes up with a pretty picture and says it's a Canadian pharmacy, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's, that's kind of the red, red flag for you to begin to think about, verifybeforeyoubuy.org.
2: Excellent. That website, again, verifybeforeyoubuy.org. And if you're looking for information on the uh, advanced directives and also the emergency video notarization, head over to S O S N C. S-O-S-N-C dot gov. Secretary Marshall, I'm sorry we're out of time for this segment, but we want to thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, We always appreciate you having uh, having you on the show here, and and thank you again.
3: Thank you. This is an excellent service for the public.
2: We appreciate that very much. She is the North Carolina Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall, and you are listening to Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, News Talk Traffic.
1: This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with Nicole Clagett and Jason Kong.
2: FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care. Find more about them online at transitionslifecare.com. Org. Jason Kong here with you alongside Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're going to switch topics here and we're going to focus now on dementia. And to do that, we've brought in Heather Hooper. She is the executive director of the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. We're going to be talking about some virtual options and brain health as well. Heather, thank you so much for joining us this evening.
0: Thank you guys for having me. So glad that you're here, Uh, you know, and it's sort of a theme that we've had throughout the show over the last several weeks is, you know, while our focus is on the COVID-19 pandemic, and it's right in front of all of our faces, people are still struggling with things in the background prior to COVID-19, and people are still finding out about things that are going on in their lives during COVID-19, such as potentially uh, coming down with the diagnosis of a form of dementia. So we are so grateful to have your continued partnership with Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights and for the work that you do at the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. So thank you.
4: Well, thank you guys for having me on. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, amidst the COVID-19 pandemic, you know, diagnoses and caring for loved ones doesn't stop. And, and sometimes it's doing it with less help. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, our organization is just been here and, and our navigation team is here to help caregivers as they're going through this and kind of going through
0: it in a way that no one else has ever had to do. <laughs> exactly. I mean, things have really changed. You know, you have situations, and we're facing it at Transition Sky and Lights as well, where people are sometimes hesitant to put care in, even though they're on the complete break of emotional, um, just, you know, <laughs> Uh, break down themselves in, in caregiving nonstop 24-7 for a loved one and then facing, you know, financial hardships with loss of jobs and, you know, it, then having kids running around. And so schedules are completely thrown off and also are facing loved ones who are in long-term care communities who are not allowing visitors for, for good reason because of they're trying to keep the virus yeah. out. But I mean, I just feel like, you know, people that are in that caregiving role are really, really Struggling right now with just kind of getting through each day. And I, one caregiver told me, um, you know, really this whole time, basically since COVID 19 happened, has been a living nightmare for them because they, they just, they're so scared no matter what they do, they feel like they can't make a right decision.
4: Absolutely. And we're hearing the exact same thing. Um, we've, you know, provided respite for a few uh, families that. Have lost their jobs and they need help caring for their loved ones or bringing um, paid in until they're comfortable placing their loved one in a care community. Um, we also have, on the flip side, have, have had caregivers who have someone in a care community and are navigating that and staying connected and staying um, up to date in a safe way. And, and that's hard too. Um, one of the things that we've done with the Mental Alliance is helped our uh, support groups go virtual. And we've also offered a lot of, another virtual support group for anybody that wants that extra support during this time. And to basically know that they're not alone and that these feelings are valid, um, and you know the frustrations are valid, and, and to kind of bounce ideas off of one another. And so that virtual support group has been interesting and I think you know we'll we'll carry it through um, to some you know in the future because it's been a great way for people from all over the state to connect um, and, and really just you know help one another.
0: I think one of the things that your organization is really known for is just the amazing educational workshops that you provide across the state. And so obviously, and we're facing this in partnership with conferences that we're putting on together, but obviously the COVID-19 pandemic with the limited number of gatherings and also with the vulnerable attendees that come to these conferences and workshops, you've really had to sort of change how you are offering education to the community community could you talk to us a little bit about kind of how your organization has made that shift and how folks can still get access to that because literally when a loved one gets a diagnosis of a dementia people oftentimes feel like they've been dropped on Mars because they we're not born with the tools that we need to be able to help our loved ones have a good day and help care for ourselves so what are you all doing sort of amid all of this COVID-19 pandemic to make sure that people are still getting those resources
4: Absolutely. So first and foremost, our Dimension Navigation Team, or Dee, Dee and Melanie, are available to take calls to just troubleshoot specific situations out. If you are having um, a situation with your loved ones, we also partner with all of our great, you know, partners such as you um, in the community. And so that's kind of like sometimes our, what we call one-on-one education, and that absolutely has not stopped. And um, on the flip side, you know, we are doing more education content online. So we have a great YouTube channel that people can get to from our website. Um, Our nurse educator, Melanie Bunn has produced several COVID-related and non-COVID-related videos on that, and that's free. And so people can check those out. Um, We also have a couple of workshops that we're going to be putting on Um, in the near future. We're trying to make sure we get those down and and, you know the content is really strong. Um, And so those will be coming up. And so check back on our website for those. And and really um, on our website, if you go to the main page, there is a link that has all sorts of um, education and it's all on one page, makes it super, super simple, but also like activities that you can do with your loved ones. There's great activity box ideas, there's links to not only our videos, but Tipa Snow, who I know has been on the show before. She's doing great YouTube um, videos right now and right by from her Facebook page. Um, but all sorts of really rich content right there on that, that one page. And it's just um, from our homepage, like one click under family services and support. And so, and so you know. Go ahead.
0: I was going to say, and so for those who don't um, know a lot about the Demention Alliance of North Carolina, you are a nonprofit 501c3 organization, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the majority of services that you provide family caregivers are at no charge, correct? That's correct. So
4: all of our services um, are at no charge to the family, and with the exception of some of our conferences sometimes have a little bit of a charge, but we try to keep them um, affordable, and, yes, yeah, so we only serve the state of North Carolina, um, and we're, we're here to, we're here to help. Another great program that we have is our music and memory program, and that provides personalized playlists and kits to families still living at home. And we have found that music is such a great activity for, especially for people living with dementia. It's been um, proven to reduce agitation to you know, help families connect better and really provide a meaningful enrichment activity um, for, for families. And so we wanted to put that in the hands of our caregivers and be able to help them with that. And so we have those kits available and our volunteer team can work with families to come up with a playlist that's meaningful to the person and really just be able to support them that way.
0: So let's talk a little bit about brain health. I know that, um, you know, gosh, in, in so many ways during times like these, we're all just so filled with stress. And I, and I know that stress hormone just isn't good for any of us, you know, caregivers or individuals with, with a disease or not. What can we do during this time when we're all sort of quarantined in our homes to really make sure that we're maintaining our brains?
4: absolutely so we um actually were, uh, were sitting around one day and we said we need to be putting up brain breaks and so on our facebook page our staff has been wonderful at putting up brain breaks these have been sitting in the mountains at the beach um, coloring books but really it comes down to eating well focusing on our fruits and vegetables and lean proteins and um, heart-healthy diets and heart-healthy lifestyles. There's a lot of, you know, reducing vascular risks that we can be doing. Um, Stressing less, and I know sometimes that's hard right now, but doing um, activities such as coloring or hobbies or staying connected with our loved ones. And that's another one is staying social. I think right now, even in quote-unquote isolation, we can still stay connected almost more so. Um, Setting those phone dates or those, you know, Skype dates or, you know, Zoom dates with our loved ones or our friends. I know I've connected more with my friends from college and high school than I ever have, and it's been wonderful. Um, Moving more. And that might be, you know, when you're living with someone with dementia, it might be just going to the mailbox and back, and that's all that they can do, and that's okay. Um, But getting up and moving more and moving around, and that will also help with sleep. So that more active, we can keep Um, our brains and our physical body, that helps us sleep better. Um, And then just keeping learning. What can we learn during this time when we have maybe a little bit of extra time um, to stay connected and to stay learning and keeping our, our brain moving? And I think these, you know, are great for not only those living with dementia, but maybe just all of us.
2: Yeah, those are some great tips, and every little bit that we can do helps out. Uh, Heather Hooper, the Executive Director of the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. You can find more information online at DementiaNC.org. Heather, thank you so much for your time this evening. We appreciate it.
4: Thank thank you.
2: Again, find more information online at DementiaNC.org. Org. A quick break and back with more. You are listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5, AM 680, WPTF, News Talk Traffic.
1: this is aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 985 AM AM680 WptF 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong
2: welcome back to aging matters care and comfort that surrounds you a service of transitions life care it's your life your care on WptF Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett and uh, Nicole I guess we can't really say it enough but things have just changed so much uh, in the landscape of our daily lives with COVID-19. And, um, you know, Nicole, I think it's just more important than ever for us to maintain mental health and and make mm-hmm. sure that we're taking care of ourselves
0: well this is incredibly hard for people you know human beings are social animals I mean as much as we all say well I'm an introvert or I'm an extrovert or whatever but any period of isolation is just really incredibly hard on mental health and then with the fact that there's just so much out of our control and then our all of our routines have been completely flipped on their ears you know we have kids home when we're not to or kids who are in daycare and at home or school or you know they, aging loved ones. We're all concerned about those folks and the number of people, you know, applying for unemployment in this state is just exploding. And so there's just so much going on and it can be just totally incredibly overwhelming. And so um, it's just incredibly important to really do some things for yourself to really help you maintain that sense of control and I'll I, I laugh when I say this, but just even a simple thing of try to create a routine for yourself at home. You know, whether it's just, you know, wake up in the morning, make your bed, you know actually get out of your pajamas, you know, there's a sort of a joke going on uh, around online about, well, this is, you know, bra sales are going down because no women are even putting on a bra. Now, you know, I'm here in the studio. I do have a bra on. (laughs) But, you know, these are these are all things, you know, we have to try to remain some sense of normalcy, you know, try not to sit there and binge watch TV 12 hours a day. Get outside and take a walk. We have a beautiful weekend this weekend and, you know, really try to get outside and spend some time in nature. Um, and and really one thing that I think, is it's hard not to do because we all have our devices literally in our hands. Is take a break from the media. Now, not our show. <laughs> just kidding, <laughs> but um, yeah, but take a break from watching, from reading, from listening to the news stories, including social media. I mean, if I look at my news feed on Facebook, every other post is about something to do with COVID nineteen, and and it just sometimes you just need to get away from it and just turn it off. Even if you need to turn it off for you know twelve hours, just to give yourself that mental break.
2: Yeah, I think that's wonderful a wonderful idea Nicole because you know we've we've sort of gone through these waves where the 24-hour news cycle was Uh, just pumping stuff out literally minute by minute. Mm -hmm. And And going
0: uh, live every second. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, at some point you sort of get acclimated to that and you keep thinking, well, if I don't check, I'm going to miss something. And that's, that's not the case. You know, you can take a break and especially if it's causing you more anxiety than keeping Mm -hmm. you informed, then yeah, it's, it's definitely time to take a break. But um, Nicole, I think you're, you're exactly right about the mental health aspect. And I know a, a lot of listeners and uh, people here at WPTF and Curtis Media Group have been talking to me about, well, you know, they've got loved ones who are uh, far away, and they're worried about mm-hmm. them and making sure that they're not too isolated. But, uh, again, it's, it's not the time to go visit them. But, hey, you can pick up the phone and call. You mm-hmm. can FaceTime, uh, video chat, whatever. There, there's plenty of opportunities there.
0: And, you know, another way to reduce your stress and stress in others is really just checking the facts. You know, not every website, not everybody's opinion out there. Op- opinions are opinions, and opinions aren't necessarily rooted in fact. But going to, like, the CDC website or the North Carolina Department of Human Services website to really actually understand, you know, number one, are you in the at-risk group? Okay, if yes, what does that mean? And what do I need to do about it? And if you're not, what does that mean? And what do I need to do about it? And really just just trying to just focus on the things that we actually have that are known. Um, And and unfortunately, and and, you know, all of our leaders in this country and in this state are are grappling with kind of how to handle this. And so it is sort of changing day by day with restrictions and things of that nature. But just really trying to just stick to just trying to figure out exactly what the facts are, and then how it actually impacts you. You know, I, I often my husband and I sometimes get into conversations about, you know, global issues or nationwide issues. And Sometimes just the thought of even trying to contemplate those things are incredibly overwhelming. And so, brought into every single one of our living rooms now is this COVID 19. Virus. And so I'm just trying to focus on every day, trying to do the next right thing and trying to do something that I feel will help somebody else. And it could be something like, you know, sewing those masks that you see a lot of the hospital s- systems asking for, donating food, you know, volunteering for Meals on Wheels to make some deliveries even just calling on or calling up some of my older adult friends that I don't often talk to just to see how they're doing. Um, and I will say, you know, they, the shortage of supplies really is an issue. Um, for example, Transitions Life Care, who continues to send their clinicians out into the community, their nurses, their, their physicians, their, their aides, um, you know there is just a general shortage of what's known as personal protective equipment out there, and um, they they're actually calling on organizations or individuals who may have things like surgical masks, isolation gowns, goggles, gloves. Um, you know some of those alcohol wipes or hand sanitizer. If folks have those types of things in mass at their homes, you know if you want to donate some of those things, you certainly can do that by emailing PPE supplies at transitions org. That's PPE, supplies at TransitionsLifeCare.org. And they will take do- donations in any quantity. Because of sort of the, re- the reaction or sometimes the overreaction of some people in, in our country, some of these supplies are running low. So we just want to make sure that we continue to have an ample supply to care for the thousands of folks that we serve in the community, too.
2: Yeah, that's great advice, and I think just picking one small thing that you can do to help really goes a long way. It sometimes, makes you feel good. It boosts yeah, yourself a little bit. Absolutely, and uh, sometimes we may be overwhelmed, thinking, "Well, I, I want to do these this list of eighteen things." Well, no, just start with one thing. Yep. Get the ball rolling there. Start small, and, and even that will make a big impact. And that way, that email address again, PPE supplies. At transitionslifecare.org. PPE supplies at transitionslifecare.org. Nicole, before we head out, I want to uh, just give you a chance to let everyone know that. Uh uh, Transitions Guiding Lights is still going strong and yes, that if sir. people still need that as a resource, it is completely available to them. We
0: sure are. We are considered one of those essential healthcare organizations. So regardless of what's going on all around us and the different types of businesses that need to close, Transitions Life Care will be here to serve. All of our staff are working and connecting uh, family members to any resources that they need. We can provide any amount of education and support. And we are a free service uh, for the community. So all folks have to do is just give us a call at 919-371-2062, or they can certainly go to our website at guidinglightsnc.org and connect with us there. But we are still uh, operating, and if folks are in need of providing any type of care for their loved one and are needing um, us to connect them with a service provider, we can certainly do that. And we also have a whole host of online resources available to include a listing of all of these shows that can help educate folks on how to care for their loved one because – Despite what's going on with this virus, loved ones are still needing care. Issues are still coming up. So we still have the normal stuff of life that's going on while we're all trying to work with COVID 19.
2: Yeah, it's a lot to juggle. That website again, Guiding Lights NC. is the best way to get a hold of them. We are out of time for today. I want to thank our guests for joining us by the phone this evening. Uh, We really appreciate them accommodating our our social distancing that we're practicing here at WPTF. We are out of time for today, but you can find more information about the show and find replays and past episodes of Aging Matters at WPTF.com. Click on the podcast button. There you'll find Aging Matters and you can view the full archive of episodes there. On behalf of Nicole, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you for listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on WPTF. Have a great night.
1: You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.